Great British Manufacturing Podcast, brought to you by MTD, MFG and Jefferson. Hello and welcome to the Great British Manufacturing Podcast. On this week's podcast, we will discuss the positive British manufacturing news from the past seven days and welcome our special guest, who is James Budge, who is Head of Operations at the Manufacturing Technology Association, or the MTA. But before that, I'd like to mention Factory Now. The Factory Now initiative has been launched to help British manufacturing boost sales, collaborate and reshore. New members are joining all the time, and this week we're delighted to welcome ProCup Precision Engineering a Milton Keynes-based CNC machine company with 20 years' experience in the industry. Stuart, welcome to the podcast. Good morning, Joe. Hopefully, we'll, uh, with everything going on in the world, we've, we've got some positive news to allay some of the, the uh, some of the gloom at the moment. Yeah, we've got some good ones, haven't we? Let's start with Brompton Bicycles. Yes, so Brompton, Britain's biggest bicycle manufacturer, is set to build a new £100 million factory in Global HQ in Ashford, Kent. The site will be developed on 100 acres of unused wetland in Ashford, in the middle of a nature reserve. It will be built on stilts to give the impression it's floating, uh, so that water levels can continue to rise and fall during the year. Special foundation paths set into the building will also draw heat from the earth into the complex, which will be carbon neutral. The huge investment will more than double the folding bike maker's production capacity and create hundreds of jobs. Yes, and interesting. I can't wait to see it. Um, there's a massive recruitment drive at Dyson, quite an astonishing number. Absolutely. So they're creating more than 900 jobs in the UK, and this is part of a wider global recruitment campaign described by the company as its, as its biggest ever, with 2,000 roles available. The announcement forms part of a $2.75 billion investment programme announced in 2020 by the British firm, with £600 million of this set to be invested in technology and facilities this year alone. The vast majority of the 900 new UK roles will be based at the British firm's uh, campus sites in Wiltshire, whilst some will also be located at its software and technology hub in Bristol. Yeah, and the next one, Lockheed Martin. They, they could potentially build a new factory here in the UK. Yeah, the North East has been targeted by Lockheed Martin for a 2,300 job research and manufacturing plant that aims to take advantage of new opportunities for businesses in space. The US-owned um, aerospace and defence giant says it is exploring options for a new facility in the northeast in a move that would represent a £50 million investment into the region. The company, which has more than 100,000 employees worldwide, says the northeast is a strong contender for our future operations, that's a quote, with the potential to create high, highly skilled technology and engineering jobs as it targets the emerging space sector. So hopefully we'll be revisiting that story again, uh, Joe, when that's confirmed. And the next one, British Steel, they've got a £26 million facility. It's, uh, what can you tell us about this one? Yeah, they submitted a planning application for the um, upgrade of its special profiles business. And this is the biggest single investment in that business for more than three decades. The plans for a new service centre at Skinning Grove, which includes cut-to-length lines, product milling, machining and warehousing operations, would enable the company to make and process an extended range of value-added profiles for the forklift industry. If the steelmakers plan to approve, building works will start later this year, with commissioning expected to start in August 2023. Stuart, let's take a brief pause from this week's Positive UK Manufacturing News and introduce this week's guest, who is James Fudge, the Head of Operations at the MTA. James, welcome back. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me back again, guys. More than welcome. For the, for the people that didn't hear you the first time a few months ago, could you just tell us about yourself, your, your career to date and your role and responsibilities, please? Yeah, of course. So I'm um, Head of Operations at the MTA. I have been there now for just over 10 years. 
So my role has moved through education and development to skills and communications. Um, and now as head of operations, I oversee our sort of events and membership. So obviously, Max, it's squarely within that remit. Fantastic. And just the MTA, you know, what 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 does it do? What does the organisation set out to achieve? So uh, we're a trade association for people that are based in manufacturing technologies. Um, so that covers a whole raft of um, it could be machine tools, it could be metrology, it could be tooling. We then are the national body for additive. We also look after the Engineering Industries Alliance, who are the users of the technology. Um, so it's quite a broad organisation in terms of what we do. Um, and I think that's one of the things about Mac is because we own and organise it, um, it means that industry is within our DNA. And so for us, we know what's going on within the industry. We talk to government departments, catapults, other associations on sort of a near daily basis. Um, and so we, we kind of have a really good overview of what's going on in the sector. That's fantastic. Morning, James. Uh, thanks for joining us again. You've mentioned Mac. You're, you're the owner or the MTA is the owner and organiser of the Mac exhibition. For anybody um, unfamiliar with, with the exhibition, would you mind just giving us a brief overview of the history and uh, and the event? Sure. So Mac's been running for, um, in one form or another, well over 100 years. Um, we are normally every two years. We should have been in April 2020 um, for the obvious reason we're not. So unbelievably, this is the first Mac in four years. I mean, it doesn't seem like four years ago since we were there in, in April 2018. Um, the show is the UK's national show for manufacturing and engineering. So we take over six halls at the NEC. Um, it's an absolutely massive show. It's a huge undertaking from us because we have live demoing working machinery. So it's all there. It's all under power. Um, everything is live cutting. Not that, you know, you've got a few machines that are ghosting, but otherwise they are live demonstrating. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's a big show. It takes us seven days to build. We're open for a full five days. We see 25,000 people normally through the doors. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it takes us three days to take it all out again. A huge undertaking and uh, very messed up with that. So we're only 30 days away from Mac opening its doors. So how are preparations going? How's your show lo looking for this year? So, yeah, it's going really well. I mean, back uh, tail end of last year, we opened up um, another section of Hall 6, which is one of the halls we have at the NEC, um, just because of demand of space. And we've now filled that. Um, there are a few stands remaining and we have still got a few people looking to book. Um, we still get people booking, you know, right up until a couple of weeks before. Um, but it's an absolutely packed show. You know, we've got a really good seminar program in place. Um, and uh, for the first time this year, we've also got the Engineering Supply Chain Show, which is a, a show within a show. So for three days, which is the 5th to the 7th of April, um, that part of the exhibition hall will open up. And that's really focusing on UK supply chain. Fantastic. And you mentioned, obviously, uh, the Engineering Supply Chain Show. So what kind of issues are you still seeing around the supply chain for the UK manufacturing sector and engineering uh, industries? I guess since taking the IA under our wing um, last year, we kind of went, well, you know, it, it would be natural for us to shine a spotlight on UK engineering supply chain. Um, but I think the current climate has dictated that. So you've still got ongoing disruption to supply chains, uh, both nationally and internationally. Um, and I think because of how complex the manufacturing supply chain is, it's more susceptible to that disruption. Um, you know, I'm not going to go into details of sort of post-pandemic or post-Brexit um, or shipping containers still being in the wrong place. I think all of that means a lot of people are looking at remodeling their supply chains. 
Um, and in the new world, it's kind of inevitable that people are going to do that. And that's why we said, well, let's make it a, a key focus of Mac and the seminar program um, and bring this show with a show in. And I think as well, it allows people to be more resilient, uh, more sustainable approach, I guess, to UK supply chain and kind of more intelligent sourcing of products within it. Um, so, yeah, like I say, we've created this show. Uh, it's sponsored by the EIA and Lloyds Bank. Um, and as I say, it will run as a show within a show. Um, and I think as well, you know, the, the shortening of supply chain, sourcing more domestic content um, is always a big factor. But of course, it, it also helps with the sort of green manufacturing initiatives, things like reducing carbon footprints by lessening the distance between suppliers um, and, and end product. Yeah, you mentioned... You mentioned green initiative a couple of the times. Um, obviously, with COP26 this year, they set out the goals um, for the end of last year. Um, how will Mac help with that and what are you going to focus on? And your exhibitors, I guess. Yeah, it's one of those things where I think, you know, manufacturers have got a key role to play in trying to help achieve those goals. Um, and we're really keen on the sort of strong focus on the opportunities presented by decarbonisation um, and other green initiatives. You know, I use that as a very sort of sweeping term. Um, so yeah, again, it's we've got emphasis on things like sustainable energy solutions, carbon reduction technology, and and just like Industry Four, it's not going to be oh this is the green zone. It will be something you see right the way through the show. Um, so we'll have that on exhibitors' stands. In our seminar program, we've actually got um, an industry expert from a UK manufacturing company who have gone carbon neutral this month. Um, they were planning to do it for a few years' time, and they've realised they can bring it forward. So that's going to be one of the key focuses of our whole seminar programme that go through it. Um, I just think the opportunities for the manufacturing technologies industry are immense. So things like, um, as I mentioned, manufacturing closer to need, so reducing product miles, manufacturing for individual market specification, so allowing performance optimization to sort of local needs, um, Manufacturing, I guess, for sort of demand quantity, where you're doing things of batch size one, you're reducing that need of over material, overproducing. You know, and I think the positive impact of mass customization we haven't fully quantified, but it's going to be an absolute game changer. Um, and I think as we shift, hopefully, as a country from going, well, how much would it cost to what value does that investment bring to our business? We'll start seeing that more. Um, and so, like I say, we've got quite a few um, seminar slots. It's a real packed program this year. We've got a, a brilliant roundtable looking at different industries within the manufacturing sphere um, and how they've greenified, um, along with some of our usual sort of Professor Jürgen Meyer speaking um, on Made Smarter. Uh, David Holmes will be there from BAE Systems. Uh, Lloyds will be giving an update on um, the sort of economic outlook for the next few years. And I think as well, that's the other thing that's worth remembering is there's a lot of government support packages at the moment. So things like the annual investment allowance, uh, super deduction, um, and the uh, extension of R&D tax credits, which now includes things like cloud computing and research data costs. It, it just means that technology is, you know, A, is more powerful, but B, more affordable and financeable um, in the current climate. Yeah, fantastic. It's, when you look at, obviously, previous Macs, how, how are the pre-registrations looking out of interest? So, yeah, figures are tracking relatively in line with where they have been before. I mean, we've seen a trend over the last probably three shows of people booking later and later. Um, one of the things that people do with Mac is they tend to register that bit earlier because you'll get sent through the post uh, the A to Z guide, the floor plan and the badge so that people can. I mean, A, it means getting into the show is quicker for one, but it also means people can start planning their day. And again, on our website, people can start favoriting things. 
Um, and we've seen a lot of engagement with that already where people are favoriting exhibitors and seminar slots. So they're, they're kind of planning their days already. Sure. And don't forget to come and look at the MTD stand as well, hey? But uh, it sounds like an action-packed five days. How, how can people register? So if you go to the Mac Exhibition website, which is macexhibition.com, um, there's a button at the top that says register here. Um, what that'll do is obviously fill in all your details, but then it'll also take you to create an online profile whereby you can start communicating with exhibitors ahead of the show um, or, as I say, start favouriting them um, and start planning your day. Yeah, well, I urge anyone who hasn't registered, please do so. It is a, well, every other year, as you say, James, when there's not a pandemic in the world. But I do urge people to go try and go for two days. It's a big old show and it, getting around Mac in one day is a challenge. So try and go for two days if you can. But James, thank you so much for coming back on. I look forward to seeing you at Mac and speak soon. Thank you so much. I'll see you in a few weeks. So Stuart, great guest again. You need to go to Mac if you're not registered. Please do so. Absolutely. I'm uh, looking forward to, to going there next month and uh, certainly seeing the, the new ex- exhibitions and uh, listening to uh, a few of the key speakers, including um, Jürgen Meyer. So, yeah, very much looking forward to it, Joe. Yep, let's get back on with the news. Honda, what can you tell us about the, the, the redevelopment programme there? Yeah, plans have been submitted for Panatoni's £700 million redevelopment of Honda's former plant in Swindon. The huge investment, the largest in the company's history, is expected to create 16,000 jobs at the Wiltshire site and across the UK's supply chain. The application seeks permission to create a logistics and manufacturing centre, develop the 145-hectare site for light industrial storage, distribution and general industrial and manufacturing uses, so quite vague, and hopefully we'll revisit it. Um, for people who don't know, Panatoni is a global developer of new build industrial and logistics facilities and they bought the former car manufacturing plant last August. Yeah and the next one is a, a major new factory to open in Sheffield and it's got quite a familiar theme this one. Yeah the ultimate battery company's uh, breakthrough green energy technology is set to create hundreds of jobs in South Yorkshire. Um, this is after they've announced plans for a new production plant for lightweight eco-friendly batteries. The company, which aims to reduce um, uh, CO2 emissions through transformative new technologies and energy storage solutions, has made the decision to anchor its manufacturing base in the region following a pledge of financial support from the South Yorkshire Combined Authority. And at the Global Investment Summit last year, the Ultimate Battery Company said it would invest £28 million setting up a UK production plant. Um, And it's expected that this could create, over the next few years, more than 300 jobs. So... Hopefully, we'll be revisiting this one next week, um, and the we'll have somebody from the company on the podcast within the next fortnight as well. Good news. And, and the next story, one of my colleagues will be over the moon with this one. Um, Pucker Pies is investing more than five million in the UK. Yeah, they the Pucker are to significantly step up the investment, for, and this is for a third consecutive year with a commitment of just over £5 million uh, this year. The additional investment will be used to expand its manufacturing capacity and capability at um, bakery in, in Leicestershire um, and over the, the next three year, over the next three years and beyond. And this follows a £4.5 million investment made at the, the site last year. And plenty of pies for everyone. The family-owned firm typically bakes around 180,000 pies, sausage rolls and pastries every day. It's incredible, isn't it? Absolutely incredible. All like finishing with this one. There's good news for the sector out of the latest PMI report. Um, talk us through it, please, Stuart. Yeah, the growth rate of UK manufacturing output accelerated to a seven-month high in February, aided by stronger domestic demand, fewer raw material shortages, and easing of global supply chain pressures. And obviously, this 
this um, report was um, published prior to what's been happening in Ukraine. The seasonally adjusted IHS market SIPs Purchasing Managers Index rose to a three-month high of 58 in February. That's up from 57.3 in January. And this is the 21st consecutive month of growth for the UK's manufacturing sector. 21st month, absolutely incredible. I guess every month it's going to be harder and harder to beat, but let's all keep up the good work. But Stuart, thank you so much for your time. It's been great to have you on as always. Uh, James from the MTA, a great guest as he always is again. But as always, the biggest thank you goes to you at home for listeners. We'll see you next week. and leave a rating and a review. You can find us on Twitter using at MTDMFG and at Jefferson underscore MFG.
April 19, 